John chapter 4. I'm just going to read a couple of verses in, in, in John 13, verse 34 and 35. It says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, Again, this morning, as we 
come to you and look into your word and we just ask, Lord, that you would guide our hearts, uh, prepare us to receive um, what you have for us, Lord. Help us to grow closer to you through this time. Help me to hear anything that I say this morning. And Lord, I missed praying for Jackie earlier and uh, just again think of her and her health issues that she's facing, Lord, and I just think the doctor appointment that is coming up and that you would, again, give the doctor wisdom as they try to sort out what to do. Um, I pray, Lord, that they would be able to help Jack and that she would recover and feel better, um, that she would be strengthened. says that we're to one woman, one another. And I stole this from someone else, I'm plagiarizing, so don't give me credit for this one. It says it sounds good, but can we do it? Whoever said I love mankind, it's people I can't stand. Says <laughs> both right. People are just irritating. I have to agree with the guy that said to live above with those we love, oh, how that will be glory. To live below with those we know, now that's another story. <laughs> People in church can be difficult to love. Sometimes we sing a chorus in church, so I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And sometimes we look at the person beside us and say, I'm surprised you're a part true statements of how our attitudes are towards other people. Um, because it's Christmas morning coming up this week. Uh, I hope not to drift to us. <laughs> I, I hope not to. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 1, I'll just read this little bit here. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Can you imagine being in that situation when you're engaged, and for Joseph to have this young girl that he's engaged 
engaged to, they're about to be married, and he finds out she's pregnant. And he knows it's not his. <laughs> what, would he, what, would he, what would he think? We can only think one, one thing. And we're talking about love. I can only imagine how much Joseph loved Mary in the way that he responded to this news. He could have responded in anger, he could have created a public example of her. Um, she could have been stoned according to the Jewish law. But it says he wasn't willing to make her a public example, but he was willing, he was going to put her away privately. He didn't think he could continue to marry her after this. But he loved her enough to try to take care of her and not shame her or, or make any issue of it publicly. He was going to make this a private thing and, and just send her away quietly. What love he displayed. And for him, you imagine, even after the dream, the angel comes to him and says, this is of God. She hasn't done what you think she's done. This is, God has done this. And tells him what to name the child. And he does it. He stays with her, and he does that. How hard would it have been for Joseph throughout the years raising Jesus, looking at him, knowing that's not his child that came out of his womb? It would have been difficult. I'm sure many times Joseph questioned what he was doing and what took place there. He was displaying a godly love for his wife in going through all that he went through. Probably doing more than most of us would ever be able to accomplish um, in displaying that godly character of love. question is, how do we make love a dominating characteristic in our lives? How do we demonstrate love for others in a godly way? Loving people is difficult. There's no question about it. And yet that's what the Bible commands us to do. It's what Jesus commanded his disciples, and this is what John in fairly lengthy terms that we read this morning describes to us to follow through with that. We often spend time doing things that seem important, um, things that we think demonstrate love, and those things can be spending time with our family, spending time with our friends, going to work, spending time in prayer, serving the poor. Some of us feel it's important to fight for the rights of others or protest wrongdoing that goes on in our world. But when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, in this chapter we call a chapter of love, 
verse 3 reminds us, it says, if I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, basically in order to boast, but I have not love, I gain nothing. If I do all these good things, and many people do many good things, we often look at lost people that we know and and any number of them that I've, I've known that we say they are a good person right they do many good things they display more Christian character than most of the Christians that we know but what's the motive behind it what's the reason for doing those things similar to what Jesus experienced when he came to earth. 
truly that must have hurt. Then as Jesus hung on the cross, dying for these people that he loved, and they hurled abuses, scorn, and ridicule at him, and his final words on the cross was, Father, forgive them. He forgave the people who didn't even recognize him for who he was, that Christian love is the most costly investment you will ever make. C.S. Lewis, in the book or article that he wrote in the Four Loves, describes the vulnerable nature of love. He says, to love is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure it intact. You must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal, like a chicken. <laughs> Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. Instead, it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. Love requires putting itself up there, risking being broken. The third thing is that love entails a cost. gets its hands dirty. It takes a chance. It goes out on a limb. It takes a gamble. Love makes a statement and leaves a legacy. It does the unexpected, surprising, and stirring. It performs acts that steal the heart and leaves an impression on the soul. Often these acts are never forgotten. The story of founder of World Vision. His name was Bob Pierce. And he had advanced leukemia. And in that state, he still chose to visit a colleague in Indonesia before he died. As he and others walked together through a small village, they came upon a young girl lying on a bamboo mat next to a river. She was dying of cancer had only a short time to live. Bob was indignant. He demanded to know why she wasn't in a clinic. But his friend explained that she was from the jungle and wished to spend her last days next to the river where it was cool and familiar. Bob gazed at her and he felt such compassion that he got down on his knees in the mud, took her hand and began stroking it, and although she didn't understand and he prayed for her. Afterwards, she looked up and said something. And he says, what did she say? 
friend replies, he says, she said, if I could only sleep again, if I could only sleep again. It seemed that her pain was too great to allow her the relief of sleep. <coughs> and Bob began to weep, then he reached into his pocket and took out his own sleeping pills, the ones his doctor had given him because the pain from his leukemia was too great for him to sleep at night. He handed the bottle to his friend and said, you make sure this young lady gets a good night's sleep as long as these pills last. Bob was 10 days away from where he could get his prescription refilled. That meant 10 painful and restless nights for him. That day, his love cost him greatly. But even in the midst of his suffering, God infused him with a supernatural sense of satisfaction that he had done the right thing. Love costs. Um, Romans chapter 5. Some of the tragedies that 
see and deal with. And you look at a firefighter or a police officer, and part of their job is to put their life at risk in order to save another life. And we think of them sometimes as heroic in the way that they do those things. But you know what our training teaches us? It's that we're the most important. Our partner is the second most important. And the person who's we've come to help is comes last. That's our training because they don't want us to sacrifice ourselves to try to save that person. They don't want two people to get to be lost, to die in this tragedy instead of just the one who is already in that tragedy. And it's true, is as a firefighter, I've never been in a situation where I've had to make a choice like that. But firefighters will, or, or police officers, will risk their life to try to save another person. And we'll do that in that moment. But we're not purposely sacrificing ourselves to do that. We're doing it in the hopes that both me and that person can get out of that we take a risk, hoping that I have the strength, the training, the equipment, whatever it needs, that's ever needed to accomplish this task, to rescue this person from whatever this danger is. We're not doing it in exchanging our lives for that other person. It's very rare that a person will consciously actually trade places and sacrifice themselves for that sometimes do it just by default, by taking that risk and attempting to help a person, but we're not trading places purposely. If you put that person on trial, and we don't have capital punishment in our country, but years ago, when they would be hung or, or whatever the death penalty was, can you imagine a person on trial being sentenced to death and then walking up to that person and say, I'm going to take your place. I'm going to switch places. A lot different, isn't it? A lot different than what we think as a, a firefighter or a police officer or one of these situations where there's an innocent person that doesn't deserve to be in that situation. It's an accident and I want to help get them out of there. This is where, this is this idea of for a righteous man, one will die. Scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. We think that there's innocence, there's no deserving of that person dying in this situation. I'm willing to risk myself to help save them. But imagine a person who has committed a crime and they're sentenced to death. Would I places to save their life. It's not different anyway. <laughs> That's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus came to do, was not to 
innocent people. And that's how we treat firefighters and police officers and whatnot. That they're taking a risk to save somebody that's innocent, that doesn't deserve to be hurt or die in whatever the situation is. But Christ came to save people that are on death row, to trade places, to set them free, and put himself in their spot and pay penalty that they were sentenced to. That's love. That's a love that we can't even fathom, right? We can't imagine trading places with a murderer on death row. We'd never do it. I would never do it. But that's what Jesus did. shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him or sorry and seeth his brother in need and shutteth his bowels of compassion from him. I have everything I need and then some and yet there's people around me that don't have and I'm not willing <coughs> to relinquish some of what God has given me for that purpose. Right? We need to love. We need to be willing
Christmas. ourselves.